Hello, I'm attorney Stephen R. Golden of Stephen R. Golden and Associates. Our firm is a full-service law firm dedicated to the middle class and businesses. We excel in areas of business and real estate, law, and litigation. Our firm can also reduce your debt through negotiation or bankruptcy. Our attorneys have experience in wills, trusts, and probate, helping you to maintain your family's wealth and pass it on to your loved ones without taxes. For a free consultation, give us a call at 626-228-2710. That's 626-228-2710. Time to dive into another hour of Living by the Word, and it is sponsored by the Friends of Living by the Word Ministries on 99.5 KKLA. Living by the Word does not necessarily reflect the views of KKLA staff, management, or sponsors. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. Daryl E.C.D. Fulton here with Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH, and my good friend Brian Allen, the in shape one. Oh, back in the day. Brian. Right now, we're going to give the people an opportunity to call in with their open, honest questions, and we want to give them a biblical response. We see the calls that's up there. We're going to get to you momentarily. And why don't you give us a call now? We have one half of the show left, an opportunity for you to call in at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. And I haven't seen an email question. I was looking for email questions. Go ahead and send an email question if you have. Get right to the point. Just say, hey, I have a question. Here it is by email. Write it out to questions in the address box. Spell it out, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. And please, while you're on the internet, let 1,500 friends of yours know on social media that you're listening to our broadcast, and that way you won't be so selfish and uh, keep us for yourself. Go ahead and share that we're on. Bible Information Brokers, give us a call right now, live presentation, and we're going to go back to the phone calls momentarily. Brian. I do want to say the change has been made, and, and I wasn't here last week, Daryl, so I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but the Facebook page is now BibleInfoBrokers.com. I mean, BibleInfoBrokers. So we got the Facebook page up now. It's not L, It's not living good. by the word. It's we're, Bible. We're trying to centralize everything and make it good. So what is it again, Brian? Bible Info Brokers. That's the... That's the do uh, we need people to be, be our friends? Well, I think... No, it's our... Craig, do we need friends? I know you do, but no, I, I, I think everything, everything was just like uh, carried over. So. Okay, very good. We, <laughs> we, if you want to be friends, do we have the Twitter thing yet? Are we going to get that Twitter? Yeah, we'll get it. Okay, we're coming. We're getting there, what's, folks. What's, what's going on with Daryl? Is he lacking? He always is asking for friends every week. I don't, I don't get it. I need no friends. Trust me. <laughs> I'm too old to be worried about friends now. One triple eight. I know you talk is the number. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Brian Allen, Professor Greg Hawkins, Daryl E.D. Fulton here to receive your phone call to give you a biblical response to your question. So give us a call, folks. Life is happening to you reading the Bible, and preferably you are reading it through uh, every day and studying it as an opportunity as things uh, come up in your life. But give us a call at one triple eight right now. Do it. One triple eight. L.A. Talks. One triple eight five two eight. Two five five seven, Brian. You about to say something again? Yeah, you know it's interesting when when you know reading the Bible. Yeah, you you can I, like I look at Joy. I, I just know Joy reads the Bible because right. you know those the, questions. The questions every week. You know they come up and you could tell they're from. You know, hey, I, what, what did she say? I was reading this and I didn't understand that. And man, I mean. Reading the Bible, you're gonna have questions. And now that we have Facebook, Craig, uh, Brian, don't they have this thing where you could do Facebook Live 
and you can do a bunch of stuff oh, there. Yeah, see, yeah. I see as you got that, so I've been reading about that stuff because I'm saying, Professor, we could do some things. Uh, we can ask a bunch of questions, a thousand questions in, in one session. Boy, because you're reading your Bible, right, Brian? That's it. One triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. What's the Facebook page number uh, again? Uh, it's Bible. I, I glance. It's Bible info brokers. You start to say what's the Facebook number? Yeah, yeah. Right. even I know. <laughs> oh, oh, you know about that, Craig? Thanks a lot. Go ahead. What is it, Brian? Uh, I'm gonna get. It's Bible info brokers. That's, yeah, yeah. If you do something like that, we'll get up there. You can send a question about that method also. You can see that we're rookies in all this social media stuff, but we're getting there, folks. I tell you what. Uh, Brian's going to let you know that if you give enough money, we can hire people to do all this stuff, and we can be really up there for efficient and rolling. But right now, let's go to our good friend Dan in the city, or right, now through South Bay area, and say, hey, Dan, how you doing, bro? Hi. How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm actually trying to walk the dog while I'm doing this. I didn't know you Was were that a, What are you doing, dancing? Oh, that's, that's used to be a dance in Louisiana. What are you doing, walking the dog? Is that a dance or literally walking the dog? Walking the dog. Okay, he's literally doing it, Greg. Okay, but can you ask yeah. a question? Can you walk and chew gum and ask a question at the same time? Yeah, I can do it. All right, let's uh, see. This. What's I, happening? I don't have my all my notes, uh, but I had. Uh, I wanted to ask what separates us from God, and I know sin does, or what blocks us from God. You know, when our prayers get aren't getting answered, or or we're not we're not able to. I, sometimes I don't feel. D Dan, question. How, Dan, yeah. how do you know your prayers aren't getting answered? I know you well, say that. They no, always get answered. Sometimes it's not now. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. But you Tell know me, about uh, could, we talk about faith, lack of faith. But could it be as uh, well? Whatever it is, whether it's not, yes, no, or wait. Well, of course. But I'm talking about. I'm, I don't really want to put it on prayer, but being blocked from God. I know that. Then once we're saved, now we have access to God. Where before that we didn't have. Sin blocks us from that. Well, now I'm. Forgiven, and now I'm. Uh, I think you're saying fellowship. If I if I in, interpret what you're saying, Dan, I'm looking at the idea of fellowship, and I'm saying the yeah, number one. Yeah, what takes me out of fellowship might the be the number one thing in, in my estimation. The number one thing that keeps us out of fellowship with God is ourselves. It's just like to me, it's sort of like when your kids are. I always know when my kids aren't doing too right. No matter how old they are in the world, they don't want to come see Daddy. And trust me, when they do see Daddy, first thing I ask you, how you living? Who you living for? Oh, Dad, can't we just go get something? You know, can't we just go to dinner? No, I know there's something going on. I haven't heard from you for years or whatever the case may be. In my case, I got older kids. <laughs> I don't blame them for not it? wanting to see. <laughs> they, they know when golf is, golf is all year long. But anyway, no, that's that's the number one thing I think, yeah, in all seriousness, that keeps us uh, from God in the fellowship aspect uh, is ourselves. Hey, gentlemen, anything else you want to add to that? Yes, and of course I'm assuming the context is Christians here because non-Christians yes. are blocked from God because of their fallen na nature. They're dead. They're dead in their trespasses and sins. Yeah, in the family. Uh, they're not seeking God. People say, oh, I'm seeking God. No, you, you're seeking God on your own terms. Seeking God has nothing to do with uh, I'm okay, you're okay. Uh, so no one seeks God on his terms, which is basically we're messed up and, and big, big, big trouble. So, Dan, yeah, I mean... Yeah, the simple answer is, the complex, complex answer is, it, indeed, it is ourselves. I believe God does love us, and we are forgiven, but we don't lose, I, I believe we don't believe, lose our relationship, but, but our fellowship becomes estranged. Um, think of an earthly father. You could be close to that father or mother, for that matter, 
or far, and I don't just mean geographically speaking, distance-wise, but as far as, you know, feeling close to them. Um, and so, you know, you don't, they're still your earthly father or mother, but your fellowship may suffer. And so ours suffers through sin. Um, and, and I want to s- say this before I begin with some passages. I have three passages I want to share in particular. Uh, but it's and, and I know you don't mean this, Dan, but I want to say this for the benefit of our audience. It has nothing to do with feelings, because I can feel loved or not loved by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my feelings are subject to the weather, to how things are going, you know, my stocks, whatever. You know, that, that that's really... It, it, that's not the answer. And of course, I would argue actually four answers. Yes, no, wait, and quit asking. Um, but God does hear our prayers, but he gives us one of those four answers. Um, but sin is to be reckoned with. Um, uh, in fact, I lied. I'll give you four passages at least. First one is found in Psalm, in Psalm uh, 66. Psalm 66, uh, it says, uh, among other things, let me start well, verse 17 here. Um, this is a great, great passage. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard the voice, my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love for me. If I'm living as a believer in willful sin and disobedient sin, of course, we use the phrase, uh, God doesn't hear us as an idiom. We don't mean he literally doesn't know what we're praying, but that he doesn't answer it in a positive manner uh, because we're presumptively sinning. We're willfully sinning. That's like taking communion with knowing that they're going to go out and keep sinning. So I'm guy's sleeping with his girlfriend, euphemism for you know what, and uh, he's going to keep doing it. That guy's under God's judgment, his chastisement. God's not going to, is not favorably answering his prayers. That guy's in for a spanking uh, because he's willfully disobeying God. So again, starting off with Psalm 66 verses 17 through 20. Uh, another great passage on this note, I, I believe, is found in the Proverbs. And in Proverbs 28, we're told, among other things, Proverbs 28, it says, verse 13, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces yes. them finds mercy. Right? So don't harden your heart, the next verse says, but confess them, agree with God that they're wrong, that they are sinful, and uh, move along, as they say, uh, if I could put it th- that way. One other key verse, uh, well, actually, two more, sorry. Excuse, excuse me, Craig. Yes, that go was ahead, Proverbs Dan. 28, what verse? Uh, verse 13. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, and then uh, another key passage that I think is indicative of, of this, and God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to his people, Israel, and I think analogously, this speaks to us today. I believe the principle still applies. It says the same theme, different way of stating what we've already said in Isaiah 59, verse 1 through 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save you, nor is ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So look again, and I think it's not just sinning, because we all sin, and we sin daily, but it's the willful, presumptuous sin, the intentional sin uh, that I I knowingly do. So I say, I know I'm going to go out and rob a bank. I'm not, but if I was, uh, and if I'm doing that, and I'm continuing to do that, and not repenting of that, 
God's, I'm in for a spanking because God loves me, because he loves me. Yeah, I'm in Christ, but those who belong to him, we're told in Hebrews, those whom the Lord loves, he chastises, he disciplines, right? If you're not chastised by God, you're not his son or daughter. Uh, very clear. He does this to his children. And at least one more passage, actually, Peter addresses the issue of God not hearing the prayers of non-Christians. But since we're talking about believers right now, uh, the last great passage that I want to cite is from 1 John. First uh, John, written to believers, this is not written to non-Christians, right? Written to believers, and what does it tell us? Can I start at verse 5 through the end of the chapter, verse 9 of 1 John in the New Testament, of course. It says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. Now here this is an idiom for sin. There's no evil. Uh, there's no shadow of turning, as James says. There's no... Um, toying with sin, let alone implementing it, allowing it. God does not condone it. So there's no shadow of turning in him, no sin. But verse 6, what? If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, and that means walk in sin, knowingly, willfully sinning, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to keep on cleansing, keep on forgiving us of our sins and purifying us from all righteousness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. So these two great truths go together, and that is these truths. We as believers continue to sin. And, but if we will confess those, we retain our intimate fellowship with God. We still have our relationship, right? But if we live in presumptuous sin, willful sin, uh, purposeful sin, you know, we know we're going to go out and do this. And it's one thing to say, do I know I'm going to sin tomorrow in one sense? Yes, but I haven't made a laundry list of the sins I'm going to try to commit tomorrow. So it's not just saying I know I'm going to sin tomorrow or the next day. But I mean, uh, let's just say um, I'm not, I was getting drunk all the time. I don't. But if I did... Uh, get drunk and I keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing that. I can know I, I'm not in fellowship with God. I mean, if I keep saying, and and by that, I mean, no repentance, no God, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm struggling with this. I'm not talking about, you know, struggling one day and being sober. Then a week later, you're struggling with it again. It's not bothering you. Yeah. I'm talking about the person who just says, I'm going to go in the roll in the pigsty and I'm happy to stay there. That person's either not a believer yeah, or daddy is going to spank you. Right. You know, carrying that thought about the non, not a believer in, in the same First John, but chapter three, it talks about no one who abides in him keeps on sinning or the practice of sin in that situation. But what sin? I mean, Craig, and what is the practice? I mean, I, I, we kind of got an idea what practice is. You, it doesn't bother you. I like that expression you use, Brian. Yeah, so you doing it. Doesn't it doesn't bother you. So here's the question. I mean, is that, is that a subjective thought, or could it be objectively dealt with? Like we talk about people that are shacking, and, uh, and you continue to shack, but yet every every time you look up on Facebook and things like that, they're saying how the Lord is blessing them and they know they're in yeah, a Yeah, they think God life. told them to do it. Yeah, we had that. We had a call like that before on that right. kind of situation. Well, you know, funny, it's funny, Daryl. You know, Satan knows what you're weak at, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I do like, I, again, I, I brought this up before. I, I like what Charles Stanley said. I heard this years and years and years ago. He said, Satan knows what, you, what your weakness is. He knows your sin. He's not going to bother you in areas where you're not going to be phased. He says, you know what, take the Word of God, and he says, find it. That deals with whatever that issue is. And he says, he says, memorize it or write it down and have it with you. And when you are attacked, 
okay, do what Christ did. He's, you know, Grigraptai, it is written. And God used, you know, Jesus used the word of God. He says, well, if, you know, if Jesus can do it, you can too. You know, take God's word and use it against the enemy. I remember something, Craig, and you guys, and Brian, and, and Dan. I don't know if you guys remember. It's somewhere, I think, in Hebrews that God, it's like your testimony is so uh, tarnished by the way you're living. You're a believer that God would bring you home uh, before we would call your time. Craig, do you remember some scripture? I mean, I remember the scripture. I just can't Well, find actually, it. I would argue it's right here in First John 5, the great passage you just gave us. Um, let me just read this and, and, and try to round this out. First John 5, starting verse 16. If anyone sees his brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, okay. he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that he should pray for that sin. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. Now, of course, all sin leads to spiritual death, spiritual alienation. James chapter 1 tells us that. But some of us believe that there are some people, yeah, that so sully their testimony that God says, I'm taking you home. That is physical death. So there's some sins that result in physical death. I've known of people, literally a guy who robbed a uh, store, uh, got into a gunfight with the police, and was killed. And... Now you say, well, that guy wasn't a Christian. Well, maybe, maybe not, but it, many of us believe that in fact was, but he made a very foolish Bad and very sinful decision. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let me give a, a practical example here. Let me Actually, let me read the next part, guys. Verses 18 and 19. And I believe this dovetails with what we've been talking about, These two, the tension of these two truths. Mm-hmm. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Now let me just say this, parenthetical here. We've already been told if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. So John's not an idiot. He's right. not contradicting himself self in a space of what we call four chapters, <laughs> chapter one to chapter five. John's not an idiot. He's not contradicting himself. He means this in a different sense. Indeed, the law of logic, the primary law, the law of contradiction says a statement cannot be true both in the same time and sense, a contradictory statement that is, and if, if, in the same time and same sense. So if the sense is different, then it is. John is saying those who claim they won't sin, never sin as a believer, are liars. But this passage says if you basically continually sin, habitually sin, sin and it doesn't bother you, Brian, if I can use your phrase, you keep on doing it, you know you're going to do it, then this person's in trouble. It's right. So we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So what does this say in this continuous tense here in verse 18 in the Greek text is the idea that it's a person, say, so who's struggling with homosexuality? But we're talking about the difference between a person who just goes whole hog into it and just lives the lifestyle and tries to rationalize it. Yes. And if they stay in that state to the day they die, we have every reason to believe they're not even a believer versus a person who struggles with it, goes in and out of it, uh, and gets involved in it, then knows it's wrong and feels guilty and then stops and then maybe a month later, a year later, five years later falls into it again. Because look, all believers, I'm going to argue, are going to struggle with sin till the day they die. Till the day you die, my friend. Keep now, on struggling. Years may not be stealing uh, or coveting, but it's you know it's lying, it's uh, it's overeating, it's uh, gluttony, whatever. We all have our you know our tickets, if you will. We all have our poison. So yours may not be mine, and vice versa. But we all have sins. We're going to struggle with the day that we die. We wrestle with them, and sometimes we go for years in, with victory in certain areas, and then one falls back into it. How many people have you known that? 
got off heroin or other drugs and have been sober, if you will, or off, uh, not, you know, be, being drunk and alcoholic, and sometimes go for years, and then we say they fall off the wagon, if you will, and they go back into it. That doesn't mean. This is not talking about those people saying, oh, they're, see, they're not even a Christian. But this is talking about the person who, again, doesn't bother them, just stays in the lifestyle, says they're a believer, and yet is knowingly, willfully living in sin. That's what these passages are talking about. And these things, Dan, I'm going to argue, separate us in our fellowship with God. You know, it's interesting, and, and I just saw this in uh, verse 18, Craig. Um, where it says, but he who was born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. And it made me think of, and I've said this before, where, you know, the scriptures teach that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says he comes to do it. doesn't say he will do it. Right. And, and by the way, the word is hopto in Greek. It actually touches a bad translation. It's not just touch you. It's like it's the sense of touching you and grabbing you, assailing you, pulling you down. It would be used of a, of a, for example, the same word would be used of a, of a arrow that had pitch on the end of it was lit on fire and then they'd shoot it into a building, a wood building, and it would catch on fire. It stuck to it. It touched it. And so the idea here is literally like to see something, to fasten to it. Right. That's what Jesus said to, was it Mary? He says, don't touch me. It doesn't mean literally don't touch me at all, but don't cling to me. Don't try. So, so this would be like what a, you know, a, a, a a defensive lineman's going to do, or, or back to right. to a right to a to running back. You're going to try to you're going to try to grab them and pull them down. And so the evil one, yeah, he'll come after us, but he's not going to conquer us in that sense. Right, and, the, and he's right he in should. verse 18. And you if know, he does, it's because we gave him the ground. You right? know, guys, when you mentioned in the, the type of sin we were talking about, the person that is struggling with it, I know that in Second Corinthians they talk about how godly sorrow leads to repentance. It's talking about salvation, more or less. You know, that, that subject of soteriology. But the issue, can we apply that godly sorrow that leads to repentance that make the people struggle with the sin, even if they die in an act of, like you said, getting shot up doing a story? Remind me of a young man that got the same thing happened to him. Talking to him about Jesus one day, going to church, he's in church. You know he loves the Lord, but he still struggles with all yeah. this stuff. And they die in that sin, or even, you know, whether it's in the sin or, but you know they struggled. Yeah. Well, that godly sorrow that, you know, to me, because of that godly sorrow, he has salvation because they are sorrowful yeah. about that. I wouldn't say, and, and this is controversial, I know that. Uh, there are those who hold to an Arminian view of okay. theology, and they would say, oh, if you die, you know, you just you were up on the roof replacing a shingle and miss. Uh, you're using an old-fashioned way of nails and a hammer, and you you miss the nail, hit your thumb, and you let out a cuss word and trip over and fall off a you know two-story building, and break your neck, and you go, you're going to hell. And uh, that's not my view. My view was that person, if they lived longer, would have repented of that. There you go. Uh, so God forbid you're you're involved with a prostitute, you're committing sexual immorality, uh, you're you're shacking up with your boyfriend girlfriend. And literally something happens, you die right in the act. Um, you could be a believer. Uh, I believe you would have repented had you lived long enough, but for whatever reason, God allows you to die at that time. So I don't believe that person doesn't go to heaven. I just believe that there's not a loss of salvation, but there certainly is a loss of rewards. And that's why there's a crown for victors who overcome sin, that is, in those areas that they struggle with. We were who, talking about ranking who, last week. Who live on a, a, and on a positive note of overcoming that, of not going back to the alcohol, exactly. of not going to the drugs right. or to the sexual immorality. You know, I'm sorry, Brian, I cut no, you no, off. No, 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 no problem. But I would say one of the things that brings the most um, sadness to my heart uh, when I was heard of this, I'm sure it's been happening for years, but I started hearing this about 10 years ago. I would hear of, of I'm going to use the term elderly people in their 70s and 80s, 
uh, God forbid, but it did happen. Their spouse would die, and then they'd go and they'd shack up with somebody. And I'm like, and they, uh, as far as I knew, they were believers or claimed to be. And you're like, you're 70, 80 years old, and you're living in immorality. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, I see that you know I hang around a bunch of old people, and a lot of them I know do that thing. Those that claim Jesus, and a lot of them justified by saying because of Social Security, because of uh, and it's, it's the same thing the young folks are saying that two people can live cheaper than one. I mean, you know, so the age and the what do you, what do you call it? The pragmatic way you want to think about something, dive right into the sin. You're not considering what God says about the subject. Dan, brother, we thank you much. We hope the dog got his exercise, and we appreciate you for call. I got to ask that scripture that you said first John, but was that in the first uh, chapter? And what first? It was five. I think. Well, it was first John. I read first John one, five through ten, mm-hmm. and one, then five, yeah, I got the rest of them. And then well, and then first John five eighteen and nineteen. Yeah. Right, I got that. That, okay. that was on another thing. And you know what you guys missed is between the death that God will take you home. Uh, sometimes it says that He will turn you over to the devil. To, to save your soul, and then and you can be won back. Then, well, sure, we'd see about a person like that in Corinthians, Corinthians, who was who was having relations with his stepmother, mm-hmm. and right. and Paul says even the pagans don't do that. <laughs> Throw him out. That is excommunicate him for the destruction of his flesh, that his soul might be saved. In other words, that he would die to himself in the sense of his sinful lifestyle and tendency, come to oh, his sentence. Come to his senses, kind of like the proverbial prodigal son, mm-hmm. and yeah. repent, and then be restored. And then in and the second point, that and sometimes that separation that we're in when we're, while we're in that, maybe if we're in uh, unforgiveness or we're doing we're doing something wrong, we're out of world with God, out of fellowship with God. David seemed to have gone through that a lot in his Psalms, and mm-hmm. while he was in it, God, you're far from me. Uh, mm-hmm. And then by the end of his Psalm. He was always back with God, and God, he kind of talked himself through all of that. That, that. That's 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 the human nature we have. We and have that's we, the difference. Yeah, we have and sin in the we world. We nights. live in a sin cursed creation, and uh, you know we slip up, we mess up. But you know what? As Christians, we know where we have to go to. Uh, and ask for forgiveness and, and start trying to walk on that right yeah, path again. David is a great example. David, he's a man after God's own heart, yep. yet he messed yep. up big time. He he commits adultery. He has her husband murdered. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, it, this is a guy after God's own heart, but where he's after God's heart is 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 his love for the Lord. Doesn't mean he didn't mess up, but he repent. At the end of the day, David is always repenting and seeking restoration he with had a God. Good, he had a good Nathan that uh, used uh, the scriptures, uh, Galatians six one. Even though it was after that. Hey Dan, thank you much for that. Your call, brother. The closer I get to God, the farther I realize that. I yeah, we all do. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, you from Dan. And and that's why we say what we say when when people call in and they say. They're, they're, they have a problem and they have a sin and they're dealing with that sin and they want to know, are, am, you know, am I still saved? Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, basically the fact is it's bothering them and they're calling, I mean, they're, they're calling in a radio show about it, you know, so just the fact that it's bothering them, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's saying that it's not just something that, you know, they're just doing it doing it to do it and they don't care they we're, do care we're told to examine ourselves and not only that to see if we're in the faith you know uh, who knows ourselves better than ourselves because who we're not tricking anybody we may i can fool you guys but you i can't fool the lord i can't fool myself do we fool you today Darryl? yeah you do yeah really <laughs> caught you busting you guys before you walked in 
uh, inside joke, folks. One triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Brian, no fooling about this subject matter. Let the people know real quickly when we go back to these phone calls at one triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Let the folks know how they can participate in giving and keep this ministry alive and well, at least from a financial standpoint. Well, they can do it a couple ways, Daryl. They can do it real simple. They can go to our website. Go to BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says uh, support and donate, and you can give right there. It's so quick. It's so easy. Uh, you can do a one-time gift, or you can set it up where it's, it's automatic every every month. Uh, so uh, that's one way you can do it. Uh, the other way you can donate is just um, uh, write a uh, check, money order, and mail it to us. Uh, make it out to LBTW-BIB. Uh, P.O. Box 90477. Again, P.O. Box 90477. Los Angeles, California, 90009. Uh, if you believe in what we're doing, stand with us financially. Okay. That the your, your donations goes strictly towards our radio show and everything uh, that it takes and the costs that are associated with this radio show. And that's it. Okay. So, um, Again, website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, or uh, you can uh, mail it to P.O. Box 90477, 90477, Los Angeles, 90009. And then, uh, as I always say in advance, uh, I want to thank you for your donations. Thank Folks, you. we count it a blessed privilege. I, I think I can speak for my guys while being presumptuous. Uh, our team, we count it a blessed privilege to be on the air, be in this uh, slot that we've been in, and that the Lord keeps us here until Jesus comes or until our deaths. Uh, we, I want to tell you that I personally, and I think my guys uh, the same way, we count it a privilege to be able to come to you week in and week out as the, as the Lord provides through you. And so I would ask that you consider how blessed a privilege it would be for you to participate on your side. It's like soldiers in a war fighting a battle, the spiritual war that Brian mentioned earlier. Just consider us as the soldiers and that you're helping the soldiers keep on fighting. We thank you for that because you're not paying our salary. There's nothing about salary. It's all about this ministry answering your questions, giving you hope. Wait, wait, they're not the, paying our uh, salary? No, if they are, I didn't know about it. And I, and I, I don't get, we don't get a salary. That's absolutely right. You so, know, they, go ahead, Brian. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the uh, Facebook page is not Bible Info Brokers. Dot, uh, Bible Info Brokers is Bible Information Brokers. Okay, so uh, the Facebook page is Bible Information Brokers. It's not living by the word anymore. It's Bible Information Brokers. Be our friend. Yeah, and and one of the things I do want to say is uh, when when you go on the website bibleinfobrokers.com, I uh, yes we talk about the donation page, but uh, you, you can uh, we have our archive radio shows up there. We have about two three years up there now, uh, and we have web website links that you can go. Uh, Professor Hawkins's. Uh, Websites up there, the College of Theology. You don't have to worry about all that. Just you see it, click it. It'll take you right there. Uh, we have uh, a lot of other great websites that you could go to as well. So again, um, resources. We have articles up there. We have websites, uh, web pages. You can uh, websites you can go to. And um, so again, uh, if when you're on there donating to the ministry, you know uh, uh, what, what they call it when you. Uh, uh, surf, surf, surf the site, and there's a Na lot of good stuff on there. Navigate and click. Navigate and click. Can they click over to the um, the Facebook page if they want to send a question, or they can send a question by clicking on there? Well, they well the, right there. The uh, they could just email. Click. They could just click on the link on the site. Questions. questions. There we go. Yeah. So, folks, this is what we need to do in the future, so it won't be so confusing to you. We're gonna give you a website 
and you can navigate through there and send mm. us questions by all kind of ways. But let me get that? this straight. They don't pay our salary? No, Craig, you're not getting anything. <laughs> They're not getting anything, brother. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for your uh, donation in advance, PCH. Oh, let, before you say something to PCH, let me say this. Yes. Folks, and when you do give, and if you want to specifically designate this particular time between now and September or just the first part of, uh, even after October, while professors going to India, please, 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 I, I'm asking you to help participate in that, in that trip and getting that information over to our friends out there who has uh, a, a murderous time dealing with their Christianity, unlike the privileged selves that we have on the Western Hemisphere here. By the way, I got to say, it's not just India. That'd be great enough. Mm -hmm. uh, pastors, leaders from Bangladesh, there you go. from Myanmar, from Nepal, from Bhutan. All uh, that area. What an opportunity. So, uh, folks, so on your donation, whether it's on the page, on the website, or you, whether you mail it in, simply put on there India or PCH. We'll know where the money should be designated for. And feel free to do so. Um, he said you want to say something? Yeah, if I could, I want to finish up our, our, the, the topic. Sure. I think it's important. Uh, Dan said we missed some things. Well, right. of course, we truncate our discussion of course. Uh, because of time, but, uh, but we have a few minutes. And let me just share two phenomenal passages from David. Again, why? Because he's said to be a man after God's own heart, yet by anybody's account, he sinned egregiously mm. as a believer. And I'm not here to throw stones at him, but uh, I am here to say that, look, he messed up significantly yet he repents. But listen, to two key Psalms that talk about David and his times of sin when he is not repentant. For example, when after the uh, committing adultery and then murdering uh, Uriah. The, the, yes, the, Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, mm -hmm. when he had, before he repented, when Nathan the prophet finally confronted him through a story, a uh, long story, but anyways, <laughs> and David, David, when Nathan says, you're the man, uh, in the wrong sense, in the bad sense, David not admitted golfing, it. Not in the golfing sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not, not, not you the man in the, the good sense. But listen to this. I think these are powerful passages. Uh, Psalm 32. We won't read all of it, although it's fairly short. But, but um, listen to the first half of it, if you will. By the way, I need to point out, this is actually quoted by Paul in Romans 4. Paul quotes this very passage and applies it to believers, the Christians in the New Testament. So this isn't just, quote, unquote, Old Testament principles. These are eternal principles that are applied to all people at all times, I would say. Here we go. Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, and by the way, he doesn't mean just silent not talking. He means silent in the sense of not confessing, acknowledging his sin, such as murdering Uriah or adultery with Bathsheba or what have you. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Mm. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place and will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. So notice the key. Not that he didn't sin. He did. But confessed when he it. confessed mm -hmm. it, confess means to acknowledge, to agree. I did it. I'm guilty. No excuses. Mia culpa. 
so the, what a beautiful passage, uh, reg- not regarding s- to sin, but of the forgiveness that comes when we do. Contrition is out. Yes, and another key passage here, uh, David just goes whole hog, we might say. Psalm 51, oh, yes. I'll read a good part of it. Again, not all of it. It's pretty short, but let me get to the chase psalm 51 have mercy on me O god according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for i know my transgressions and my sin is always before me by the way friend that may describe you right now you're going this this could have been written for me Uh, i'm in that place right now hawkins and yeah, the same deliverance, the same forgiveness is available to you, like David, if you acknowledge these sins and repent of them. So again, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you might, you are proved right when you speak and are justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time of my, that my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. Mm. You teach me wisdom in the innermost place. To the core of his being, God says, speak the truth. Acknowledge this is what you've done. This is who you are. This is how you think and therefore act. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take Mm. your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Just last couple verses here, guys. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God. The God who saves me, my, my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, Mm. a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Folks, there you go. If you've sinned, you go, man, you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. Uh, We're all sinners. Whatever you've done. If you will acknowledge it and ask for forgiveness to God, not just boo-hoo, not just be sorrowful in a worldly sense, as Daryl mentioned earlier from 1 Corinthians, but to actually be sorry in the sense of uh, wanting forgiveness and to turn from it, God can, God will forgive you right now, whatever you've done, in the name, by the authority, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, ask for forgiveness, acknowledge your sins to him, and he will forgive you and give you joy, peace, and righteousness as his child, whether you are a Christian who has fallen into egregious sin or what have you, or you've never come to Christ, you're not, you weren't a believer, trust in him right now. And again, you pass from death to life right here, right now. Amen. We all have been through that. We all have to have been through that unless we have not recognized who in the heck we are. One triple eight LA talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. I'll go to our website, send us an email, uh, question, at BibleInfoBrokers.com, Brian. You know, uh, little earlier I was talking about um, our, you know, our Facebook page, and if you're Facebook or you know the cool Bible Information Brokers, uh, there is another Facebook page uh, that uh, I recommend. 
take a look at. It's called Walter Martin, the original Bible Answer Man. And uh, they got some good stuff on there. So uh, here, here's something I just saw from Spurgeon. It says, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. Amen. That is pretty cool. Well, right now we're going to live in the phone calls that we ask people to call in at it. one 888 talks one 888 Let's go to Northridge, Brian, uh, and talk to Eris or Iris? Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Your name's uh, Eris. Eris. Okay, very well. And thanks for calling in. And what's your question for the night? Uh, my question is in First John chapter nine. It says, uh, "Whoever has been born of God does not sin, uh, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God." Um, you like, said First John chapter five. I think I don't know if you said. No. Uh, oh, sorry. First uh, John ch- chapter three, verse nine. Okay, oh. here we go. Sorry. If you and, said nine. Um, I'm going to say I, I, if I remember, there ain't that many chapters in there. Don't be trying to pull a fast one on us. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Harris. And uh, I, I accepted Jesus, but I'm still living in sin. So does this mean that um, I ha- I'm not born again? Well, wow. Have you been listening yeah, to I'm the show? Say, have, you been, have you been snoring on the phone? Because this call, we answered all those questions before you called, brother. We, we're prophets. <laughs> did, did you hear any of the uh, uh, conversation? Yeah. A, li- a little bit, yeah. A little bit? <clears throat> Man, we're not going to go over all that for you. We're gonna, I'm going to say this to you, not to be rude to you, Eris, but yes, we dealt, everything you're asking now, we dealt with you for the last like, 25 minutes. Yeah, But we still, we appreciate you and want oh, to, to minister to yeah. you. Now, when you say you're living in sin, I mean, okay, what does that mean? Let's be specific. Uh, uh, like lust. Are you saying you still struggle with it, or you're still like living with your girlfriend or something? Just, no, I struggle with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome to the club. Yes, sir. Um, we we all of us have things we struggle with. Our sin. Some guys don't that much. Most do. Um, so that doesn't mean you're not a believer. In fact, it may be the positive evidence you are a believer. So, Eris. Uh, but in all seriousness. We've, we just talked a lot about this, and we don't mind you know repeating some of it, but we want to encourage you. This gets posted up in a day or two, Brian, or what have you, yeah. and we want to encourage you to, uh, when the, the podcast is posted up, to, to listen yes. to it, because we really spent literally like a half hour on this, and it's so important, and we don't want to dismiss you, your very important questions. No, but but again, you have to take 1 John 1 and 1 John chapter 3, also with 1 John chapter 5, and see them as, as a seamless garment. And that is, at one point he says, look, if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. But he also says, if you continue in sin, you're not a believer. So which is it? Well, but he means the the person, see, obviously you, you're having a problem with it because you wouldn't be calling us and talking about it. If it wasn't bothering you, you would just keep doing it. But the mere fact that you're calling us because it bothers you is pretty decent evidence that you are a believer. And so, yeah, we all struggle as believers, What, and we may stumble and fall. We can never say, I couldn't help myself. We can never say, I, I, you know, I was just, it was overwhelming, I just couldn't resist. Uh, you can, God, get to resist. You can not sin, uh, but we all struggle, struggle with it. And uh, so, you know, welcome to the fold, and it's probably positive evidence you are a believer. And then by doing some certain things, uh, particularly listening to some of the passages we just talked about and meditating and reciting those and thinking about them, God can and will uh, change you from the inside out. But my friend, you're in for the battle royale. You're in for a struggle. And uh, again, don't see that as a bad thing. That's a good thing. People who are live, you know, people who are alive uh, don't don't just fall over the falls. They swim upstream to try to save themselves, if you will. Not that we literally save ourselves, but it, it sh- the fact that we try to resist sin uh, by the grace of God, proves that we are alive in Him. Teammates, are there any kind of unpardonable sin that uh, that errors ourselves that we can commit 
uh, that would not that would definitely prove that we're not saved? Is there an unpardonable sin? Because people deal well, with that issue all the time. Yeah, we get that question a lot, and and my my uh, interpretation of scripture is the unpar- the unpardonable sin is rejecting uh, the Holy Spirit, re- re- rejecting Christ in your life, uh, because when you do that. It's uh, you know it's 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 a crisis eternity, whereas uh, it, it's something. Um, well, that that's basically how I interpret what the impartable extrapolation sin is. on that, uh, Professor, a little bit. Well, well, sure. Uh, the impartable sin is that we don't we don't care. We don't repent. We're ah, not even interested in what God thinks. Word, yeah. So, Eris, you clearly do care. Mm-hmm. This clearly is bothering you so much to the point you're like, hey, how can I be a believer? I keep struggling mm-hmm. with this. Well. Again, welcome to the world. If you're a reasonably healthy young man uh, or even older gentleman, thank you. Um, you know, str- struggle with 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 with. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being attracted to women. It means you're healthy and normal. But it's what we do with those desires and that passion that we don't we don't become enslaved to them and 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 act out upon them in an inappropriate, i.e., a sinful manner. So. Yeah, this is anything. It's really proof that you are a, are a believer. And, and what makes it harder these days is that it's with social media, it's so readily available and it's right in front of your face. Yes. And it's right on your, you know, you can get it on your cell phone immediately. You can go to websites, you know. It's we talked just, about pornography last week. Uh, yeah. You know, that, I think that was last week we talked about that, right? And right. So it, it's, just, uh, it's just in front of you. It, it's right there, not like it used to be. It's, it's instant access, yeah. and that's what makes it more difficult. Before you would have to go to it, now it comes to you through all the various media. Exactly. Eris, you know? I hope that is helpful to you, brother. But, again, like uh, yeah. Professor and Brian implied, we will have this um, broadcast up in maybe a day or so. Please, you know, while you was on the uh, phone. And I would say, yeah, let's give it to Wednesday, just okay. to play safe. Give it to Wednesday, and then uh, go back and listen to our answer, man, for a more complete answer. Okay, my brother? Yeah, and so let me just share two passages with them, though, right quickly, mm-hmm. that are in addition to, and I would argue these augment, these uh, help complete what we talked about. Eris, these are key passages you really want to read. And Galatians, the whole book, actually, but Galatians 5 in particular, Galatians chapter 5, and uh, Paul talking about the what he calls the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. One's, of course, the stuff we shouldn't be doing. And one is what Christians do because that's who they are uh, in Christ. But he says, verse 16 of chapter 5, So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And when he says live by the spirit, what he means is they're not your spirit, but he means the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit dominate you. So you say, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? That means every morning, every night, I'm praying, Lord, I struggle. I'm weak. As Paul says, when I'm weak, though, I'm strong. Your strength is made perfect weakness. Lord, you know I'm struggling with, and then fill in the blank, whatever it is, in your case, lust, right? I'm struggling with this. I need help. I need you to change my desires, and I need you to help me appropriate not give me because he's already given it to you, but to appropriate what he's given you, which is the divine energy to not fulfill, to not give into epithemia is the Greek word, uh, lust, passions. Um, you know, that are not, some things, are, see, some things are fine. They're God given desires, but they're expressed inappropriately. Of course, sometimes we desire inappropriate things, but sometimes we desire good things, but the wrong way. Right. But this is a key verse, I'm going to argue, in the battle. 
Galatians 5.16. Make this your own. Don't make it just something that Paul wrote to a church at Galatia 2,000 years ago. Say, that was written for me, and I'm going to appropriate that. And just lastly, quickly here, I wish we could go on longer, but um, for time's sake, uh, Romans has a lot to talk about, the battle uh, uh, that the believer has in struggling with sin. And so don't throw in the towel. Don't think you're not a believer. Think, no, I am a believer. That's why I'm struggling with this. And uh, a couple, uh, or at least one text or two that I want to share with you when Paul talks about his struggle. Um, that tongue twister? Is that the tongue twister you're talking about? Uh, not sure, Daryl. The one that we talked about, Paul said, the very thing I do. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I call that the tongue twister because no one can read that straight without yeah. having to slow it down. I would really encourage you to read the latter part of Romans 5. Again, the whole book of Romans, but, yes. but Romans 5. But look at Romans 6, in, incredibly important in this struggle. And, and I wish I could go through all of this, but for time's sake, uh, look at verse 11. Verse 11, Eris, when you get a chance of Romans 6, I'm going to read it. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. He talks about, well, i got to start verse 8. Yeah. Now, if we died with Christ, that is, Christ dies, and we're, we're identified with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. This is a, a picture. Uh, the word baptizo not only means to be baptized or in water, but it also means to be identified with. And so just as Christ died, if you will, f- literally, physically, so we are to die, we die f- figuratively and literally to sin. As he rose, so we rise in newness of life. That is that we don't have to give in to sin. We don't have to sin. Uh, and you find that in Romans 6, 1 through 6. So Romans 6, 1 through 6 is just vitally important. But now, for time's sake, verse 8 of Romans 6. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. He, the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, here's why I had to read this. In the same way, verse 11, in the same way, analogously, likewise, if you will, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you, deba- you obey its evil desires. Right? So in other words, how do you do this? And then he goes on to talk about the spirit. It's the spirit of God. Now you're a slave to righteousness. So you're going to, uh, uh, here's the bad news, my friend. Well, the good news is you are, as far as I can tell, as much as any other human can know, good news is you're a believer. Bad news is you're in for the fight of your life. You're going to struggle probably to the day you die with this issue. But that doesn't mean, third point, you have to give in to it. You can be, have, see victory. You can see yourself not give in to it. And you will do this by working out your salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 11 and 12, which is God working in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. He's going to give you the desires, the energy and desires to obey him, and you need to appropriate those. That'd be like somebody putting a million dollars in your bank account. That money, even if it's literally yours and not a mistake, a million dollars in your bank account, but if you don't draw on it, if you don't appropriate it, if you don't use a debit card or write a check, or take a cash withdrawal at the ATM machine or teller, what have you, that money's worthless to you. It does nothing for you. Christ has done all these things for you, and now you need to appropriate them, to ask him, him to help you apply them, and you will see him transform you, my friend, even though you will have to work in this area. And, and, be, and, and by the way, unless you be wise, you know, don't be looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. You don't go to places that does, you know, inappropriate stuff is run all over the flagpole. If God forbid if some ad comes up or some website on your computer, 
get off that ASAP. You get you to, a Nathan. Get you a Nathan. Yeah, you know, get, yeah, hold yourself accountable to other brothers. Uh, this will help you in this area, okay? Okay. Eris, we thank you very much for your phone call. But please yeah. give us a call back and let us know how you're doing. Okay. And thank you for your honesty, brother. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay. Gentlemen, we only have about four more minutes left. Let's see if we can take Rick's call from the city of Los Angeles. Rick, thanks for holding on and calling in. We've got about four minutes left. Okay, real quick, guys. Uh, on social media this last week, uh, there was a story where the media was basically saying that the Bible was wrong and that they had said that the Canaanites had been wiped out because they have some DNA evidence that modern-day Lebanon uh, Lebanese people are basically modern-day Canaanites. If I'm not mistaken, the Bible never said that they were wiped out. God ordered them to be wiped out, but can you shed a little bit more light on that? Because I don't remember saying that they were wiped out. It was just an order from God, and I don't think that the Israelites followed it uh, when when they invaded uh, you know, Canaan. Yeah, thanks, Rick. It's a great question. I saw that as well myself, and you made an excellent point. I want to make one additional point, but I want to recap yours. They were supposed to. It didn't say they did. I don't recall any passage, uh, and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll eat a humble pie, but I am not aware of any passage that says they did. They were supposed to, just like they were yeah. supposed to deal with the Amalekites, and they didn't, and a whole bunch of—and and actually seven other groups— uh, that were told to, to deal with because of their incredible wickedness individually and collectively as a society. So you're absolutely right. So there's because the Bible said that they ought to do it, didn't mean that they did do it. So there's no contradiction. But number two is uh, DNA can be pretty strong evidence, but it's not infallible. And here, by the way, here's a problem. There can be people still related to people and have uh, you know similar uh, DNA uh, What's the term I want? Um, a similar DNA structure. Uh, well, again, that, that's I'm, good enough. Word. I'm we don't escaping this. Yeah. yeah, but but doesn't mean just because they're related doesn't mean they are those same people. In other words, you could intermarry with another group. That group could die off, and right. you would still have that gen, that gene, those genes in your gene pool pattern, because of pattern. the intermarriage, even though that people are no longer existent. Yeah. So that does this is even bad science. But yeah, no, and I, and I mean, and I had issue with it because even even the passages that they were that they were quoting from the Bible said in God ordered, but it never said anything. Yes. Precisely. So there can, yeah, you're on the money, Rick. And just one more recap. They confuse the pre or proscriptive with the descriptive mm. prescriptively. They were told to descriptively. They didn't. Hey, Rick, excellent call, brother. Give us a call yes. back next week. We may be picking up something like this next week with a question. Hey, we have hey love what you guys are doing with the Facebook. Page. Appreciate please, it. Thank please, you much. Keep it going so we can spread the word. Don't forget to be our friend. Thank you, Rick. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> we got to get Daryl some friends. We, did, yeah. we literally have one minute left. Hey, we can get him some stuffed animals. Well, final thought. No, no, no. Golf quick, please. Uh, Jude 3, it was read right early, beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. PCH. Yeah, in the Greek, literally, the once for all unto the saints' faith delivered. Yes, absolutely. Um, just clicking from Galatians again, you know, the, we all struggle, and, and that means you're alive. And so I would say this again, Galatians 5.16, So I say, live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of Bible Information Brokers. We have all kind of new stuff that you can uh, get from us. Go to 
Go to, I heard you, Brian. Go to our website, BibleInforBrokers.com, BibleInforBrokers.com. Navigate around there. Click the various links. Learn the resources that we have. So on behalf of everyone here, Andy did an excellent job. Thank you very much, Engineer. For all of our special guests in studio, our, our light man and everyone else, we really appreciate that. And for Brian, PCS Professor Craig they Hawkins. don't pay my salary? No, no salary, Craig. <laughs> my name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. Who am I, Brian? Think something. No, I'm Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy. How dare you talk about not, my parents? Not Big Mama. Ma- Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy saying, the Lord willing, folks, look, we love each other. That's why we have fun. So the Lord willing, we'll be back next week. More with the Bible Information Brokers. Please go to our website, navigate around, and click those various links. God bless you. Till the Lord brings us back next week. <laughs>